0: blood will dry
1: good evening everybody it's another edition of the iciest takes show that you'll ever hear on this icy takes podcast because this is the icy takes podcast um we got jeff and zach zach you're back after a one week hiatus so how are you
2: Uh, you know, up until, uh, yesterday, I would say I'm good, but I'm actually in a lot of pain, and that's a story I want to tell you guys, but, uh, I figure we'll do the rest of the intros first, and I'll tell you how bad it is. Oh, all
1: right, now, now I can't wait, because now I'm worried. (laughs) How do you care about me?
0: (laughs) Now I do. Did did you pull Ioannis Cespedes and, like, go on vacation for, like, a week and ended up getting hurt out of it?
2: Uh, pretty much the exact opposite, to be honest. I, uh... I uh, my mom actually had a short little stay in the ER with some some head. Oh, problems. I'm
0: sorry to hear that.
2: She's good now, and then everything everything was going well, and then I decided to cut the grass yesterday, and then that's when the injury occurred. Mm, not good. If this was baseball. I'd be headed to the IL right now. <laughs> Retroactive to yesterday. Ten, 10 day IL. No, I think this has potential to be 45 and or 60. Really?
0: Oh
1: man. Yeah. Yeah. Are there no details with this injury? Or is uh, it just I'm trying lower to, body?
2: Trying to, I'm trying to think about it like, like how I want to present this. Because I don't exactly know when the injury occurred. So oh. yesterday, you know, being the man of the house here up in Greensburg, I uh, cut the grass, you know, uh, you can thank me later. Um, but uh, cutting the grass, cutting the grass. Then I do all the trimming and everything's fine. Like, you know, living a good life. You know, I'm coming in. I'm all proud of my work. it looks beautiful. I shower, come out of the shower. And then I, I think it's something... Popped and/or got tweaked as soon as I sat down in the groin region, and since yesterday night, probably around say about eight o'clock, I haven't really been able to walk. Um, I'm in a lot of pain. Um, even the most simple tasks that we take for granted every day, like taking a piss or getting a beer or something like that, like requires the most amount of effort that I've ever put forth in this entire world. I tried to use like one of those like icy hot patches things last night to try to sleep and try to like. You know, just make it feel better, and I woke up today and it was worse. Um, So, you know, I used to think baseball players were soft whenever they would tweak something like that and head to the I.L., but now I feel like I want to die, so I uh, empathize with them.
1: Well, I'm, I'm, well, it's nice to see that maybe baseball players aren't viewed as, you know, you know, wussies when it comes to these injuries, so I'm glad you see it that way. But I hope you have a very speedy recovery because – um I know, like, my boss last week just sprained her ankle, um, so this past week was her hobbling around, and she still kind of is right now, so it, it's no bueno when people get injuries like that.
2: Yeah, I I don't know how long this lasts. I've never had a, a pain like this before, so, like, I don't know if it's, like, actually bad or if I'm just being a little bitch. Like, I, I don't, you know, I, I, it's probably a little bit of both, to be honest with you, but, like, I don't know, man. I I don't wish this on my worst enemy. I can't, like, walk and do normal things right now. no good.
1: Yeah, like I said, speedy recovery because we need you at 100%, and that's it.
2: Thank you, thank you. I I really appreciate the kind words. I'm glad I was able to make it tonight. I had to fight through a little adversity, but, you know, I'm here.
0: It honestly sounds like one of those injuries that the Penguins get in, like, mid-December where, like, Sid goes off and he ends up being out for, like, two weeks, and they're like, Oh yeah, it's a lower body injury, and like everybody watches the same game <coughs> ten times in a row to try and figure out where he got hurt, and it yeah. ends up being like a hamstring or something like that.
2: That's exactly how how yeah it's exa- it's, it's one of those phantom injuries that that just kind of popped up, and and, and you you try to diagnose like like I, that's a good point because I literally went back yesterday and I was like, when did this happen? Like the grass was fine, I did that, no questions asked. Like the the trimming, wow, a lot. It was done done right. Uh, and, you know, I wasn't laboring or anything then. So I think it was when I re- relaxed. I think, like, just the way I may have sat down or something. But, like, I don't know. Like, it, it's definitely one of those situations where I just, you know, I can't pinpoint where and what, what happened.
1: All right. The, uh,
0: Jeff. Yeah. How are you? Oh, just peachy Dave. I got uh, Braves Red Sox on right now. Um, got some little bit of betting riding on this one. Uh, parlay for the current day with the Braves. Um But I also have Boston under 31 and a half wins on the year. So I need my boys to help me out on that one um, with getting a win today. Um, But uh, not bad. I mean, I had a pretty good weekend. Nice, relaxing. Spent some time with a girlfriend. You know, coached a little bit of hockey under the crazy COVID situations. And um, yeah, and then I can't complain too much. I did some handyman work today, which um, for those who know me and know me well, um, not really my forte. Not my forte, but... (laughs) Um, since, uh, Zach told his story, I will tell mine that, uh, um, I've been having some issues with my, my current place of residence right now that, um, my roof has been leaking when we've gotten heavy style rains. Like what we had, uh, I think, what was it? Thursday, Thursday or Friday. Yeah. So, uh, so I called, like I said, it's been going on for about a month now, about month, month and a half. and uh you know, gone through maintenance two or three times and they've kind of, kind of sneezed at it. They're kind of just like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's an old building. We'll be okay. We'll be okay. And eventually I just went to my roommate last week and I said like, here's the deal. Like I'm going to get some ceiling plaster from like Lowe's or Home Depot or everything, just like the quick fix stuff. And just going to pop out the bubble that's there. There's no water in there. It's just kind of like, um, ladies cover your ears moist for lack of a better word. And um <laughs> you know, pulled off the old stuff and we slabbed on some some new stuff and it's currently drying. I'm looking at it right now. Um uh I will say the post plastering beer, not quite as good as the post uh grass cutting beer, <laughs> like Zach probably had, I'm sure. But uh yeah, got got the hands dirty a little bit. Um a little bit of plaster still on the floor, got a vacuum probably uh tomorrow when i get home from work and uh yeah so yeah i did a little maintenance work today so i uh, feel a little, pretty good about myself
2: so i have well, two questions go. for you um, okay shoot okay so one what does the post grass or uh, the post uh, plaster beer what is that is that a session or is that more of a uh, a stout because it's uncharacteristic work so it calls for a more grueling and aggressive beer and then question two you have an apartment correct yes would that not be covered in the lease where someone else would have to fix that if you put in, like, a work order or something? So,
0: so that's what I was talking about earlier. I'll, I'll order from 2 to 1 on, on this. Um, so, like I said, maintenance was called a couple times to, like, okay. come look at this. And, like I said, they kind of were like, you're fine. They, they claimed yeah. they fixed it. They obviously did not. And it just got to the point where, okay, they're not going to do anything about this. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to take care of it myself. Whatever.
2: That's Um, though, yeah, yeah That's a few. I,
0: I, I get it, but it, it it's almost like to the point where it's like, I'm tired of the headache. I'm tired of having water coming out of my ceiling and I'll just, you know, it, like the stuff that I got was a combined like 20 bucks. Like it didn't mm-hmm. exactly put a hole in my wallet. So, um, so yeah, so that was taken care of as far as your, your first question, uh, the style beer I had, we talked about it before we came on the show, was actually a pumpkin beer. Um, for those that don't know, it's by Southern Tier. It's like an 8.6 pumpkin beer. Probably the number one seed when you think of pumpkin beers, right? But, uh, uh, go ahead.
2: I, I said absolutely. That is 1A of fall beers right there is pumpkin.
0: Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was the top seed. And, uh, like I said, kind of needed some good flavor, a little little alcohol kick because, it, for whatever reason, it's like it didn't feel like I worked a ton. The right shoulder got uh, got quite the workout. Kind of feel like I threw probably like 80, 85 pitches, went about five innings strong. But, um, but yeah, the, the job's done. And um, I'm kind of taunting the sky right now. Like, give us your worst. Let's give, let's give the new job a, uh, mm-hmm. a look here and see how we did.
2: Well, see- Don't tempt Mother Nature, bro. But I know,
1: bro. <laughs> it
0: is 2020. That is true.
1: Yeah, be, be humble yeah (laughs) that's really all I can just say is just be humble because um one one last thing Jeff how satisfying is it doing work like that then when you go out of your way to fix it yourself
0: oh it's so satisfying because like me and my roommate were talking about it actually as we were doing it it was like honestly it blends right in with like previous work that was done in my room and like Honestly, if, like, they came up and were, like, did you guys, like, replaster this or anything? It's, like, honestly, the answer is, like, no, we, we didn't do it. We didn't do it. But, you know, if somebody would, if it would rain through, like, the ceiling, like, we could totally see, like, somebody doing that. Like, just, like, a really backhanded, like, you know, jab at everybody because, you know, we did ask for help on numerous occasions and did not get it, so. Thank you for your service. Uh, you, know, to, you know, trying to help out the community and the, uh, and the people that would eventually move in here after I would move out. All
1: right. Well, guys, it was the last Sunday of Beer League Softball.
0: Oh. We
1: had playoffs, and the way the playoffs worked was single elimination. We were a number three seed of 13 teams, so we had a technically a first-round bye. Um, there was a play in game, I believe, at 8 a.m. I was still sleeping in Pittsburgh. So, you know, I didn't have to watch any of that. Um, and then seeds five through 12 played each other, kind of like what happened this year in the NHL five plays 12, six plays 11, so on. Like NCAA
0: um, tournament style. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, single elimination. And uh, we played um, the number six seed. I think I mentioned them earlier. The Foe team that we swept earlier this season, but they didn't have their entire team there. So we uh, we didn't play until one o'clock, which was clutch. It was like right around our time when we started to play well. You know, as a team collectively, we get a nice buzz, and then we get going on the field. Let me tell you, early on, we were buzzing. Uh, Defense was what was that?
2: I said with beers or play both.
1: <laughs> Both. So, um the the gloves were working. I mean, guys, we turned two double plays in the first 3 innings.
2: Wow. Proud of so you. So,
1: but um was it? I believe we had a 10-3 lead and then with 2 outs, I think in the bottom of the 3rd, we we were on the field with no fence and our left fielder crushed one. Or yeah, our left fielder, uh, our first baseman crushed one to left field. Um, he's closing in on 40. I think he's 38. But he tries rounding all the bases. And at the, at the plate, it's a forced play. But there's a line for the, for the runner to pass through. So it's basically like a judgment call whenever the, the catcher catches it while touching the plate or if he crosses the line, whichever happens first. He probably got thrown out by a step and a half. And the umpire called him safe, and I was oh, I'm meals. like, oh my, oh my, like, good, my goodness, we got a call right there. Let's go. Their pitcher, a, a very intimidating man with the bat, I think I've mentioned his name before, Big Mike Myers, um, basically kept walking off and telling the umpire that no, that's the wrong call. He's out. He's out. To the point where they're all off on the field. I'm like, did did they just get the call reversed on us? Did we just get a run? taken away from us. (laughs) Granted, we shouldn't have had it in the first place, but that's essentially what happened. Fast forward to the pandemonium that arose in the seventh inning, um, with a supposed foul ball that was called fair for them. Um, uh, an amazing play by our right fielder up on the hill, kind of like Lance Berkman style up on center field on the hill where he was going back was falling as he was catching the ball but it also scored two runs, which supposedly the guy on second left early, but when you only have one umpire there, he's not going to see all this happen at once. So it almost seemed like, woe is us, woe is us. Calls going against us. They tie the game, and then we go into the bottom of the seventh, and with one out, our third, well, because now I was at third, but now I got moved back to short. Our third baseman that didn't get you know his finger blown up um, comes up, runners on first and second, hits a ground ball up the middle that's going to the outfield. Only problem is our se- our runner on second base tried to jump out of the way of the ball and it hit him in the foot. Two so, two down right there. All we need is a run. Your boy steps up to the plate. No. And I I look at the umpire. It's like it's like this AT&T commercial with speaking Deutsch. You know, like it's happening. <laughs> so step up there, like the first pitch I see, I get one down the third baseline, and all it needs to go is past the infield, and we win. And it was a one-hopper right into his glove, like right at the knees, and then he touched third. And I had one of the best bat spikes I've ever had being angry. (laughs) We lose this game in nine innings, 14 to 10, and the cherry on top was their pitcher, the big guy, smoked a home run to right center field and where people park on top of the hill there this beautiful camaro had to eat a ball on the hood oh oh my goodness you just heard it hit two two cars away from my car as well
2: and you drive a
1: gmc terrain
2: so not a camaro correct
0: correct <laughs> okay. I thought you were still riding around the Taurus, I was gonna say. No, That's, no, I got that better DMC better last year. Better better transition from a Camaro mm-hmm. to a terrain than a Taurus.
1: <laughs> but yeah, and I didn't get another at bat after losing that. I was two batters away from being up again. But uh yeah, season did, ended did... just like that. Um almost seemed like we got hosed in a way, but we didn't capitalize on our opportunities and they did.
0: Uh, two things, two things. Uh, Jeff, Chris, Dicey takes podcast. Um, yes, sir. Yes. Um, two questions. Uh, one is when the, the, uh, the out occurred, um, that made you spike said bat. Did you also go down the tunnel and beat another bat into smithereens as well? Like they do in major league baseball.
1: If there was a tunnel, yes, but I didn't ha- have the opportunity to do that.
0: Okay. Second question. Um, Though that play would have been in your favor that you talked about at home plate um do you do you or do you not agree with getting the call right, whether it has to be reviewed or not?
1: I think the call needs to be correct, even if blatant like that, but without having you know any video replay, just like you know what happened in baseball for a hundred years, even while they were broadcasting the game on television. Uh, it, it, it goes both ways. I think the correct call was that they changed it to him being out, but it just seemed like if there's any other close call that they were kind of getting it in their favor, whether or not, like I said, there was a supposed foul ball down the right field line, and it goes up on the hill um, in the grass where it hits, so it didn't clear the road, which would have been a home run, but people... Are yelling that it was landing on the it landed on the right side of the foul pole, you know. So it's a foul ball. He shouldn't have got that anyway. I can't see it. I can't make that call for sure. So that's why like, my only gripe is when you have a call that favored us, but was incorrect, and you take that away off the board. The fact that it was a run kind of made me more mad. Um, I think it should have stood just because you know that was the call. But I can agree to disagree.
2: I just want to say that overall, I, I feel like you're taking this much more in stride than I would have. I would have wrote the umpire committee, I would have caused a scene on <laughs> Like, I would oh, have, like, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, Zach. I was going to say, I probably would have gone, like, all Lou Pinella slash Lloyd McClendon. I would have taken a base, like, you know. <laughs> like, so, uh, so, in reality, like, you, you, you are losing so gracefully right now that it just, it almost makes me mad. Like, I'm really happy that, like, you are able to see sportsmanship and see that not everything is, like automated and whatnot but like i would be jammed up so proud of you yeah
1: yeah i mean i realize that almost everyone in this league has to go to work the next day so i'm not going to try to lose my shit on someone that was dedicating his own time because his team lost earlier in the day he was dedicating his own time to call our games because he wanted to be out there so and plus he's one of my favorites
2: thanks bud (laughs)
1: Well, <laughs> Thanks, bud, the, but you're still
2: wrong.
0: <laughs>
1: the dude that was umpiring is one of my favorite dudes in the league. So, okay, then I'll do
0: it. My... with a bomb.
1: We got a okay. score in that game, Jeff.
0: Uh, yeah, 2 2. 2 2 Braves have runners at second and third top five.
1: Okay. All right. So, guys, it was. The deadline was today, and I know August 31st, weird, right? Um, usually July 31st, but with you know everything that happened this year, things change. So let's basically go over, I think, what was considered the biggest trade of the day, which was Mike Clevenger being traded over to the Padres in a nine-person deal, which I thought was... Um, you know, very eye-opening to say the least. Um, I don't know what you guys thought of if, if and when you saw this move happen, but this was this comes after a flurry of moves by the Padres who were literally just shipping everyone. I think they're they're trying to get a new team around their big boys like Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado, and Eric Hosmer. Um, it like it almost seems like the Padres are trying to find a way to. Like, take advantage of being one of eight teams to make the playoffs and maybe even do something in the playoffs after after that. Um, as I pull up the, the full trade, what did you guys think of this particular move by the Padres getting Clevenger in there or any of the other moves that they've made?
0: Um... The first reaction when my my Apple Watch uh, went off and it said Mike Cleveland was traded, I go off. Oh, he went to the Braves. They gave up everything. They we've, we we finally got a front end starter since Soroka got hurt. Um, gratefully disappointed, unfortunately. Um, but it, haven't we seen the Padres do this before? Like they do this every free agency. Um, it seems like now they're starting to do it. Um, maybe not every trade deadline, but it seems like they're always trying to make a big splash. Um, my only question is, like, are are they are they even in a position to catch the Dodgers or even compete against the Dodgers? Because I'm not convinced with this lot with with everything here. I think they're they're a very good regular season team. I don't know if they're going to be good enough to be, you know, a good playoff team come the important the important time when baseball happens.
1: Well, let's also remember that even if you finish second in your division this year, you're guaranteed that playoff spot, and then there's two wild card spots after that. So there's a possibility that four teams from the same division can make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I, um, I get that, but, but I mean, they're going to have to go through the Dodgers at some point, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that they're going to be riding away with this and winning you know, the World Series just because of these moves. But they are p- trying to put themselves in a position to capitalize right now. And most of the time, the Padres do these moves during the off season. And then when it all comes, you know, barreling downhill during the regular season, they're not really a buyer come July thirty first. Now with a record of twenty one and fifteen, seven and three in the last ten, still five games back of the Dodgers because they're un ungodly right now. Um, they're still. The, if it was just regular playoffs, they'd be three games ahead of uh, the next closest team when it comes to the wild card, which I believe is the Rockies. Um, Yeah, it's 17 and 17. So, you can. Ex- I like the, the spearheadedness by, I believe his name is A.J. Peller. Hold on, I, ha- I had the name up there. Yeah, oh, uh-huh. or A.J. Preller, uh, the GM of the Padres, who are just... Going balls to the wall here. Zach, do you have any uh, comments on this?
2: Yeah. So essentially, it seems like the uh, the Padres general manager, who you just said, um, seems a lot like Jim Rutherford in a sense, where if it's a farm system player, see you later. And they just try to uh, upgrade their team for the now. Saw so they made the big uh, t- uh, trade last night with the Mariners and got, what was it, three guys, including, what was it, Austin Nola, I believe was the big name, going there. Yep. Um, I saw they did that, and obviously Clevenger um, today. So it sounds like, yeah, like you said, they already have a a pretty elite kind of core, so to speak. So now it's just a matter of uh, surrounding that core with um, more capable players, if not good players. I guess my only thing, and this is where I lack a little bit of knowledge, is some of the players, I know Clevenger has some team control, but some of the other guys they're getting also have team control because it seems like definitely a lot to give up, especially in baseball, because I think they gave up their number one Prospect that uh, Alan Trammel, or not Alan Trammel, whatever Trammel, Taylor, Taylor Trammel. Yeah, I know he's he has a card in MLB. That's how I know his name. Um, but yeah, it just hopefully they get some control out of that. But they definitely uh, made the run uh, to uh, win now, or at least in the short term. Yeah, I mean, is it wrong
1: for the Padres with what they're doing right now to just try to trade the future to win right now? The the, the potential future because you already got. Machado locked up for how many years? You got Tatis Jr. coming on through a rookie deal. Eric Hosmer there is, is there for a couple more years. You get a little bit of improve, improvement from the starting pitching. Um, and you also add Nola there as a catcher because in the trade, the um, Padres sent over Austin Hedges to the Indians, and that was always one of their key names in at catcher, not really – a top-tier player, but someone that could get you a clutch hit every once in a while. In the trade, the Padres get Mike Clevenger, outfielder Greg Allen, and a player to be named later. Who you know, maybe it's Shane Baz. Who knows? Um, <laughs> in exchange, they give up outfielder first baseman Josh Naylor, catcher Austin Hedges, right-hander Cal Qu- Quantrill, minor league shortstop Gabriel Arias, minor league left fielder um, Joey Cantillo, and minor league infielder Owen Miller. So very... You no know, prospect heavy trade here, where you know, the Indians might win in the future. But if Padres can somehow find a way to lift a Commissioner's Trophy out of all of this, which I'm not expecting that, I just like the uh, the attitude that's going in with San Diego right now.
0: Yeah, it's almost like the uh, the Padres are taking and I, Dave. I promise you, this isn't a shot at the Pirates, but it kind of is mm-hmm. that they're taking the opposite approach to what the Pirates did in 2013 through 15. Was okay, we see, we see our window, we see the opportunity that we have. We're not worried about 20, 25, 26, 27, 28. We're worried about now, and, you know, if these guys have great careers down the road, good for them. But we see a window here, maybe a chance to capitalize on the Dodgers who may be aging a little bit. I know they, they are getting younger, and they still got some good young prospects. But, um, you know, you have an opportunity here. You know, especially in a weird year like this, that you could possibly cash in on this and get get a a frontline starter to go with with um, who's the, the big name youngster they have out there, Paxton? Paddock. Is that? Paddock. Paddock. Yeah, Paddock. Yeah. To to go with him, you have like you said, Machado. You're getting a lot of names out there that you know maybe maybe they run into some luck and get an upset on the Dodgers, it might be there. Who knows?
1: Um, yeah, and I was also going to bring up that other trade that Zach brought up with the Mariners. Um, that's where they sent over Taylor Trammell in exchange for uh, Nola, and I believe there were two other guys that the that the Padres received in there. But, I mean, I thought that was going to be one of their, their biggest trade. However, they, they showed me how wrong I am by making this move. Um, now, with the Padres being in that wild-card spot, can we at least... Say that they're probably locked into a playoff spot this year with the roster that they have and all the moves that they just made. That it it should be unprecedented if they don't make the playoffs when it comes to eight teams making it this
2: year. Yes, I will confidently say that I think they're in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll be in the playoffs. I don't think I don't. I think Colorado's good, but I don't think they're good enough to to catch. The Padres, that they're it, it, the way their bats are going right now. I mean, their bats are sizzling hot.
1: Um, so moving around now, a quick hit here: the Toronto Blue Jays. You know, they get Jonathan VR, Robbie Ray, and Ross Stripling, some of the bigger names that they pulled off this year in in the um, the trade deadline. You know the Blue Jays sitting in a decent spot at 18 and 15, going to be that fringe wild card team because you got Tampa Bay and New York who are going to get the number one and two seed. I at least I think in the AL East. Do you think the Blue Jays make decent moves by getting decent names like I mentioned, Ross Stripling, Jonathan VR, Robbie Ray? um, Like, what do you guys think of the Blue Jays moves?
2: To be honest, I think that the mo- the names are good, but I-, I feel like they haven't played up to their potential this year. Um, I mean, Robbie Ray hasn't had the season that I think a lot of people were hoping and even he was hoping to have. Uh, and Stripling, I- I'm kind of torn because I think he works out of the bullpen a lot too, or at least he did with the Dodgers. So was he converted back to a starter or you know, starting the game? He probably will be converted back into a starter. Yeah, I to figured. To. I
1: Look figured what they probably. have in
2: L.A. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I definitely like two of those names. It just seems like they're coming off like pretty bad years, but I mean, if they can gel in Toronto, then I mean, I, like, you know, I, I don't see what I think it was a promising trade.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of agree with Zach there. Maybe this is a, a thing where you don't see a lot with veteran guys, but maybe get around a different culture. You're in a chase. I know at least for Robbie Ray, um, Coming from Arizona, they're kind of out of it a little bit. Um, but for, for Toronto, though, to get kind of like that, those veteran pitchers, and um, when you get down the stretch, when games really start to mean something late in the year, um, just to kind of have that veteran presence there of they've been here before, um, maybe that's the idea of it. But um, I was kind of surprised how active Toronto was at the deadline. I didn't expect them to be making a ton of moves. You really didn't hear much about them. So, um, yeah, I think it's interesting. It, definitely some veteran help for a team. Um, I mean, I, I still think they're going to live and die by, by their, uh, their rookie or I shouldn't say rookie, their young bats in their lineup.
1: Um, let's talk about a team that maybe did nothing and no, I'm not talking about the pirates because, um, well, I'm kind of disappointed that they couldn't make one move or at least one noticeable move, but you know, Hey, no one cares there. Um, but what's surprising, guys? I want to get your reaction. How did the Yankees not get brought up in any trades that happened at this deadline? Like they—they they were almost like non-existent.
0: Do you think it has anything to do with what's going on with Stanton, Judge?
1: I mean, I, I figured like no matter what, as the Yankees, your mo should always be buy something at the deadline. Like I don't care what the horrible uh, promotion sign is where it's like, Hey, you know, buy 12 items, get them 50% off. Um, like just make something.
2: Well, they were connected to Josh Hader for leak going up until this morning. And then I think like, obviously Hader has been like one of the best closers in baseball over the last couple of years. So I think like, you know, to acquire the best closer, the price was probably insurmountable and, you know, something that they didn't want to pay that said, you know, honestly with what's going on with judge and, uh, Stanton, um, you know, as someone that has both of them in different fantasy baseball leagues. It sucks and I'm actually surprised they didn't make more of a depth move, you know, just to acquire either a temporary spot to like, you know, just, you know, plug the holes while they're while they're out. I mean, I know they have a ton of depth on that team, but just it is kind of shocking that they didn't do anything.
0: Do you think it has anything to do with the the I I mean, I know the team we're talking about here, so bear with me, but it has anything to do with the COVID situation with revenue and everything like that. I know it's the Yankees and they essentially have a, a blank check to write, but um, you know, at some point you still have to be cautious of the bottom line and everything. They got a lot of money, like we said on, on the IL right now. Um, do you think that has anything to do with it?
1: It could be. I know probably that's that's probably why some teams didn't make any moves just because they don't want to you know. I don't know. I'll use finger quotes here, don't want to bring in outsiders to what's currently going on with their roster this year, barring the circumstance of what they're playing through. So that's one thing. But for, I mean, look, the the Yankees are looking up right now in the standings to the Tampa Bay Rays by three and a half games. And last time I checked, oh, Glass now had a no-hitter through five, but the Yankees now have two hits. So... I mean, the Rays are winning five nothing in uh, in the Bronx right now. So I don't know. I, it's just surprising to me that the Yankees didn't make a single move. So yeah, like, know,
0: it, so. like 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 I said, I, I I just think that their deadline move is getting Judge and Stanton back, and maybe they knew, may, maybe they're they they know more than what the outside world knows, but um, that might be their deadline move is adding Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge back.
1: It could be. Um, last thing that at least I want to bring up, only because I'm a homer, is that the Pirates are finally bringing up to Brian Hayes, and I think it's because they had to wait until September 1st because at the end of this article on MLB Trade Rumors, yeah. they said he'll miss out on Super 2 Super status 2. and won't be on track to reach free agency until after 2026. So, there it is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> there yeah. it is. So... <laughs> Hey, he's finally getting called up to the majors, so maybe it's not a waste of time for him to play every day there because, hey, although Colin Moran had like five home runs in the first week and a half, that was also the most infuriating thing that was happening on that team to not have Cabrian Hayes come up and just get some swings just to see what they have there. So, I don't know, excited for that just to see what he can do for the future and, you know, maybe he can lead us to like an 85-1 season. I don't know.
2: In 2025,
1: and then he'll reach that free agency. Yep. Anything else you guys want to bring up with any other teams or
2: Starling uh, for the Marlins?
0: Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I was surprised you didn't bring that one up. Your I thought that's
2: what you were going with it because of the the homer and just him being a former Pirate.
1: No, but I will I will say that he is he was amazing in Arizona. Had a 311 batting average, like around an 840 some OPS. And it seemed like he was really hitting a the stride there in Arizona and now the, do you think
0: that's just they just got they knew they had something of value that they could give up and probably get a lot of pieces for. The,
1: yeah, um, the Diamondbacks like really became a a seller this year at 14 and 21 um, looking above everyone else in the NL West. Um, I mean even the Giants who I thought have one of the worst offenses ever but then you look at the Diamondbacks with 148 runs scored, not that good. Um, so it's interesting for the, the Marlins to be a buyer, you know, when's the last time you ever heard that, but when I got 128
2: early shirt, what was that? So when I got my custom Mark Burley shirt, when they (laughs) rebranded, um, I
1: mean, what the Diamondbacks have played seven more games, six more games in the Marlins, um, have scored 20 more runs because the Marlins, only have 128 runs scored in their 30 games um, at minus 11 run differential, so they're right around there at 50/50 when it comes to giving up runs and scoring runs. You get Mar- sarley Marte in there after they traded Jonathan VR to the Blue Jays. You essentially get the same speed, but maybe even a better bat. Excuse me, at that position. So Marte going to the Marlins is is just weird in my head, but it makes sense. That's what I got.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, the the deal made sense for in terms of Arizona, um, Miami. Like you said, it's kind of weird that they're they're buying right now, but that's that's kind of what, what it is. Um, is Sterling Marte a free agent at the end of the year?
2: I can look that up. I thought he had a little bit of team control, but I mean, yeah, let's see. Uh, let's see. He's because a free agent again 2022. Okay, so he's got another year then. Yeah, he signed two years the Pirates back in whatever, whatever that, however long ago. Yeah,
1: so I mean, the Marlins him for next
2: year as well. Yeah. Oh, man. the Marlins are starting to
0: kind of build something down there, and it's I'm not like where have
2: we seen that before from them?
0: The years they won the World Series. <laughs> well, I build the... some up and then they, they pull the main pillar out and then it all collapses again <laughs> and we do it again for another, another five years
1: can you believe that the Marlins drafted Christian Yellich, Giancarlo Stanton um, Marcelo Zuna and JT Realmuto, and they all played at the same time together in Miami
2: you say that like Jesus
0: and to think too they played, toge- they played together on the same Marlins teams that um, they also had Jose Fernandez at that, that time, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was also during the Atlanta Braves rebuild year, years, too. So, like, yeah. the fact that they didn't capitalize on it, it's not like there was no team in the National League. that was exactly, like, heavy favorites every year, right? I mean, you had, you had the Mets that had a run at it. The, the Nationals were making winning divisions, but I don't think they were exactly running away with it. It was just such – like, it's, it's almost – Unfortunate that those Marlins teams weren't better.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I and bet. now they, for the last two years, were just basement dwellers. Like I, we always expect them to be, at least since '03. But I don't know. It's kind of nice to see that they're in a position to possibly make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and, uh, they that, might guess, they but... might do some damage in the playoffs if there was a team that I could see be like they could get, like, that weird upset in the, the best-of-three round. Like, that could be... I could see them being one of them.
1: All right, guys, anything else to add? It's pretty
2: much... Tommy, about... Mal-
0: Tommy Malone to the Braves. What would you guys think of that one? I mean, that's that's 100% just uh, bubblegum keeping the pitching rotation My together, point, right? It's
2: going to be who's Tommy Malone. So, yeah, you pretty much... Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Hey, hey, he didn't get lit
1: up as much as Jake Arrieta, but that was... That oh, Jake Arietta
0: was so bad yesterday. Oh, it was great. It was so good.
1: I don't know why he couldn't look like that in the
0: 2015
1: playoff game, but.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's too busy shoving a little slugger up the Pirates'
2: ass. Remind me, is that when uh, Sean Rodriguez started in place of Pedro? Yes. Alvarez? <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's been a while since I had to hear that, so thank you.
0: <laughs> All right. Um... Think... All right. Um, um, but by the way, real quick, real quick, since we brought up Tommy line. Dave, you said, you, did you watch the game last night, the Phillies game? No,
1: I just I kind of saw highlights because I saw the ten spot that the Braves put up.
0: Dude, Braves Twitter hates A Rod on ESPN. It's so funny, <laughs> it's hilarious. Like just because he like, you know how A Rod comes off as like, like he like thinks he he knows like the business world and everything like that. And like contradicts himself all the time. Like they hate him so much, and I just I think Aaron's hilarious. Just because like he's such a Yankee in every every way of how you would describe a New York Yankee as a player and as a alumnus. Like he has like that business look, makes a ton of money and everything, and just like people just hate him, and it cracks me up.
2: I will say as someone that liked the Red Sox my entire life and was like really invested into that rivalry and everything, like broadcast A-Rod is awesome. Like I thought I would hate him just because he was a scumbag when they played each other and everything. But like, I I do like him in the booth. And and I think one of my things that I really like is he makes other people mad. That's something that I like.
0: Yeah. Like he, he literally (laughs) like,
2: like you said, he, he was a scumbag
0: when he played. Well, he's kind of a scumbag in, in the, in the booth. It's just funnier because nobody can do anything about it.
2: Yeah, and true. And obviously, now that he's not associated with a team that, or against the team I used to love, then, you know, I don't care as much now. So it's nice to actually not hate him for once. All right.
1: Would you have hated him more if he would have bought the Mets?
2: No, I don't care about the Mets. Go for it. Oh, <laughs>
0: uh, he'd run the Mets into the ground. I was, I was pushing that so hard because, you know, like the GM would come in and be like, hey, Arod, you know, we have this deal that, uh, you know, we're trying to trade. We're trading this prospect, and we're gonna get that guy there, and he'd be like, "No, no, no! We we need to look at this from a business point of view. We should trade Degrom. That's what we should do." (laughs) He would run the Mets into the ground so quick it wouldn't even be funny.
2: I do feel so bad for Jacob Degrom, but I mean that's another conversation for another day. But
0: hey, he's always welcome in in a Tom Hawk jersey. I'll just throw that throw that out there.
2: (laughs)
1: Okay, Um, so yeah, that was basically trade deadline. So why don't we go into a trade? it goes into the other sport of the NHL and Jim Rutherford making, you know, more moves than really I'm accustomed to, um, with the way the season ended and Zach, you sent it to us. So you tell us what Jim Rutherford did last week and then we'll examine it. So
2: I'm still torn on the move itself. Um, Jim Rutherford went out there and reacquired, uh, Kasperi Kapanen, um, Kapanen, as you may recall, was sent in the uh Phil Kessel deal. Um, so the Penguins got him back. Um, that said, uh, they gave up their first round pick along with a prospect uh Philip Hallander, in the deal. Um and a pair of uh prospects going each uh, Lilligren or something like that coming from Toronto and the Penguins sending uh Hallander. But but that said, uh the Penguins did part with their first. Um I wasn't a fan of that. Um I don't know. I still have mixed feelings about this trade. We actually did an emergency podcast on Pens of Anarchy on Thursday night, just kind of talking and breaking down the off season and everything like that. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't think I think they could have got Kapanen without giving up the first round pick. I think that's the part that gets me the most. And I think I've said it on this podcast before is uh, I, I think Crosby and Malkin need to start being surrounded by younger guys that can make them better instead of vice versa, where they are. Um. You know, they're given good players that like compliment them. I think they need players that start making them better because they're getting up there in age. That said, I think Kapanen fits that bill. Um, I I think he's really good, but I think you could have got him without giving up the first, um, which kind of had me a little riled up about that. But I mean, I I understand the move because you're trying to maximize the window um, because I think you legit have two more good years of Crosby and Malkin, dare I say, Latang. But, uh, yeah, I think I'm more in favor of it this week than I was last week after I've let it digest a little bit. Um Rutherford said he's gonna play Kapanen or he wants Kapanen to play top six. I mean I heard that about Daniel Sprong too, so I'm not gonna get super excited there. But if Kapanen is used to his potential and they're not sticking Dominic Simone up there with Sid, I, I think I can uh I think I can get behind it.
0: <clears throat> the only thing that scares me about this is um he's played Top nine minutes where he's he started the third line in Toronto mm. because he's behind so many so much talent, and that's just a reason for Mike Sullivan to say, Well, this gives us depth in our lineup. And sure enough, Dominic Simone ends up on that top line. That's the only thing that scares me about it. But I, I agree with you in one sense of the word, Zach, that um, giving up both the first pick and Philip Hollander. Um, because yeah, I mean, you heard that Hollander was up there on the prospect pool for the Penguins. Like that's what they've been to- toting around for the last two years or so, and now uh, they trade him and a first, essentially to to get uh Kasperi Kapanen. So I'm at some point they got to start refilling the cupboards, right? Mm-hmm. Or are they? Or are we just going to get to the point where it ends up being 2002, 2003 all over again where it's just, it's going to be bad, which I'm prepared for. I'm 100% prepared for, but it, I, I, I think that in the NHL nowadays, you can keep those picks around and refill your cupboards without, you know, being bare-boned by the time you're "Quote unquote core is uh is is gone. So um, that's my only thought of it. As far as Rodriguez and Rosovsky, I think Rodriguez was um a salary dump because he's an RFA. So you kind of save yourself that cap room a little bit. Rosovsky's just like uh, here you go. And um just so to clear this up, I know it was probably a Floridian slip on your part. Um, it's just Jesper Lindgren, not timothy lilligren that you said wow, um, yeah, because I, I i i can just see it now right away is that we post this and then someone's like oh my god they got lilligren i didn't know that that's one of the top yeah, prospects he's for the leafs. Good,
2: yeah.
0: yeah he's a really good prospect that the leafs have they'll probably screw him up but um but yeah i mean i don't know I i i i like the idea of him playing with sid it's just we've seen this fish before where where Simone's just going to end up on that line. Right.
2: I, I want to pitch two, two thoughts to you guys uh, about this deal. And I, and I guess anything moving forward uh, mainly about this deal. Do you think this still gets done? If Jim Rutherford doesn't pull the panic deal to try to create some lightning in a bottle by bringing back Connor Sherry. Like I, I think Dominic Cahoon could have legit been what Kapanen is maybe not as good, but certainly they wouldn't have had to go out and, and, and reacquire him. I think it, Cahoon was very versatile, could have played up and down the lineup. The main problem, though, like a lot of players, is I just feel like Mike Sullivan didn't like him. And, like, I I feel like that as soon as that happens, the writing's on the wall for you and your time's limited. The second question I'll pose to you guys, um, you know, they can make all these offensive moves they want, but, like, they still have that anchor in Jack Johnson on defense. And, And that's still, like, until he moves on, it's so hard to get behind this team because I've watched them struggle defensively pretty much since he's been here. So it's like, yeah, you're making the offense shine, and and yeah, captain's a nice name to bring in. But like, you know, I just look at how how heavy the defense is, and just that bottom pairing, man. I just I can't get any optimism because I just relive what happened in the Canadian series.
1: Well, I mean, your boy GMJR said that Jack Johnson did have a very good season. So I don't know why we're throwing Jack Johnson's name around like this.
0: Um, but here's not the thing. To, I... Not, so, so, sorry, Dave. Can I just get this point across? I know yes. this is going to just trigger Zach so hard. I'm pissed off right um, now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw a tweet. I don't know if you guys follow Jesse Marshall at all or anything. Sadly. Um. So he had a tweet because it was, I think it was during the, the quote-unquote locker clean-out day of the Penguins had or whatever where everybody was available to the media. And so, someone said, I forget if it was Sullivan or... Or Rutherford says something along the lines of like Jack just needs to play with the right guy, and like you know maybe that helps him out. And Justin, Sh- basically continuing to pile on Justin Schultz, saying he had a bad year, which he did. Um is a but, patient, by the way. But Jesse Marsh- Marshall tweeted like, if you need a guy to be to to play with certain people on your back end, then it clearly means your back end isn't good. It was, like, along those lines. And I replied back because it's one thing to say that, but just remember everybody's got a memory here. If you guys remember in 2014, the Penguins signed Rob Scuderi to a a contract. And the thinking behind that contract, if you guys remember correctly, it was to give somebody for Chris Letang to play with to play defense. Do you guys remember this, Zach? I do. So, like, my point there is, is like, yeah, and, and I'm not saying Jack Johnson's going to be, you know, one of Norris next year if he plays with the right guy. But my point being, like, you can't throw out that blanket of a statement when the guy making $7 million on your back end who's supposed to be running your top power play unit got that exact same treatment three years ago before we won our first, uh, our first Cups.
2: I I agree with that. I guess I just I almost think that and and I'm almost scared that Jim Rutherford's loyalty to Jack Johnson trumps any actual thought because if you can remember when they when it was announced that they were gonna sign him, probably two to three days prior to free agency beginning, you know, all the analytic animals like Jesse Marshall were out in full force and I you know, I was okay with the Jack Johnson signing originally. I was like, Okay, heavy on the years, but you know, you probably got him cheaper than you know, because you gave him all, all that term. So I was thinking, okay, like, whatever. But but I think that Rutherford is ha- just so damn loyal to him that I think he would restructure the entire Penguins defense just to make Jack Johnson feel comfortable. Whereas, you know, I know what you're saying about uh, Rob Scuderi. I just feel like because a lot of people in the media and, you know, fans weren't a fan of Jack Johnson, it's almost made Rutherford's uh, belief in him stronger And and I don't know if you've listened to the 31 Thoughts podcast by Elliot Friedman today. I just listened to your clip.
0: I I, I literally just listened to the the clip you're talking about.
2: Yeah, he literally says he does not think Jim Rutherford will entertain offers for Jack Johnson because he legit likes him. I mean, you know what? That's fine if you like him. I just, you know, man, like I, I, I know analytics tell a story themselves. But, you know, when you actually watch him play, and I use a lot of the eye test too. Like I think you can be a fan of both analytics and the eye test. It just hasn't been pretty, and I, and I worry that he would restructure the entire Penguins defense to, to just make Jack Johnson quote-unquote better, and I, and I can tell you I can see John Marino playing with Jack Johnson next season, and that mm-hmm. would drastically bring down Marino's uh, any growth that he's had because he'll have to cover up the holes for Jack Johnson. Yeah, so, I don't
0: know. It, What's well, going to be curious whenever training camp is or what, whatever happens after the bubble's over and everything, what do you do with Pierre Oliver-Joseph? Because he's clearly like the, the guy that steps in for Jack Johnson. Mm-hmm. And if they take him back to Wilkes-Barre, if he has a good camp, I think that's the writing on the wall of Jack, Johnst- Jack Johnson that he'll play out his career here.
2: That's a good point. You know, if if because if I definitely think P.O. Joseph could could legit, you know, be that be that third pair guy next year. And I think uh you know, starting him anywhere but the NHL just says how committed they are to Jack Johnson. And then I'll be mad. So
1: yeah. So here guys, let's the way I wanna wrap this segment up, because um, there's one more thing I wanna talk about that hasn't happened yet with the penguins, but it probably will. It's just we don't know which way they're going to go. Do we like the trade or do we not like the trade that was made that I think was kind of made more out of desperation, but a move that probably had to... The first move that had to be made in a long line of other moves that will be made. Do we like the trade or no?
0: I'll let you know at the end of next season. Honestly, because if if, if Kasperi Captain comes in, he plays with Sid, and he has between... 20 to 25 goals playing with Sid, and he's a a big time scorer for this team. I'm not saying he has to lead the team in goals or points, but he, he's in the conversation of maybe a top between seven seven and or no, I'll say between ten and five in terms of scoring. If he's in that neighborhood, I'll say it's a good trade. But if he ends up playing third line minutes and he has Jared McCann or somebody else. That's centering him. That's not named Sidney Crosby or Guinea Malkin. Then NBA says it's a bad trade.
2: To to go off of what Jeff said, um, it, it, I think Mike Sullivan determines if this is a good trade or, or not. Um, I know he's really quick to juggle lines, and I and I and I fear that Simone or you know someone like that will end up on the top unit. So I'm hoping it doesn't happen. I, I hope that they'll allow Kapanen and some time to gel with Sid and you know get reacclimated, but but realistically, this is on Mike Sullivan if this move pans out or not, because Jim Rutherford knows why he got him. It's up to Sullivan to utilize him the right way.
1: David Krejci just tied up the game uh, for the Bruins with, <clears> like, <throat> <Not> two <throat> minutes left. Not a fan.
2: I don't have cable here, so I'm relying on you for updates now.
1: <laughs> well, I just have it on, like, the... Um, I don't know. I just did a Google search just to get, like, an update. Like, it has the timer going for me. So there's under two minutes left to side up to, too. Um, one thing before we go into the playoff series and wrap up the show, Jim Rutherford said that one goalie will be moved, whether it's Matt Murray or Tristan Jari. The only thing that I got from that statement was that he plans on moving Matt Murray, but you kind of get the benefit of getting more offers whenever you mention both goalies names. So I think this is just a way for him to Field offers as to what he can potentially do with other teams, but I think Matt Murray's the one that's getting shipped out of here. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah hundred uh, percent i I want to say a hundred percent, but I'm also very worried that somehow Jim Rutherford will see that Matt Murray won him two cups and that goalies peak you know when they're older in age, kind of like how flurry was the last couple years. So I'm worried that while I do think he ends up moving Murray, that there's at least thought that maybe Tristan Jari could be on the move.
1: I, think, I just think that was all uh, a smokescreen. Just to get offers, but you're not really going to pull the trigger on any of them. Unless it's just mind-blowingly um, in favor of the Penguins.
0: I feel like GMJR does a lot of manipulating with the media.
2: I What some. I mean
0: by that is, oh, we're willing to trade both goaltenders, and it's really it's just Matt Murray.
2: I, I hope you're right. Just I, you know, I, I don't know if you guys have I have gotten the chance to read one of the athletic articles where they broke down all of Jim Rutherford's trades as a Penguin uh, general manager, and uh, some of them were really good, and, and like you know, you can't hit a home run with every trade. That's pretty self-explanatory, but the ones that he's made. Daniel Winnick cost a second round pick. so That's a bad one. I remember hearing about that. Uh, so, so just I, I just worry a little bit. Like, I, I, I know I probably shouldn't. I know that I should be confident that Matt Murray is going to be the one that gets shipped out of here. But I've seen Jim Rutherford at his best, and I've seen him make some moves where I'm like, what the hell? So, yeah, I hope it's just a smokescreen and that's what he's actually planning on doing. But then again, I am also terrified. All right,
1: so one last thing I wanted to do in this show before we wrap it up, the playoffs. Every single series right now in the conference semifinals have a team leading the series three games to one, whether we like the team that's winning or not. So what I wanted to do with you guys is basically say, is it going to end in game five? Or is it going to okay. ride it out? And it could be either six or seven games. It doesn't matter. But um, right now we have the Lightning and Bruins who are now heading into overtime, Lightning with a 3-1 lead in this series. So, Jeff, we'll start with you. Lightning 3-1 lead. Do they end it tonight, or does it ride out?
0: I'm going to say no. I think, I think it's going to end in six, actually. I think Tampa Bay is going to win game six. Um, with Boston tying it up late, Um, I, I just, I don't know. I, Boston has this crazy way of just sticking around a little bit. So I'm going to say Boston's going to, going to win this one overtime. And if I'm going to predict it, and I know this is going to, going to run tomorrow, I'm going to say Marshawn wins it because he seems like a little rat that would, that would hold everybody's party off for one, one more game.
2: Uh, I almost echo Jeff's sentiments. I'm not going to pick an overtime winner. Uh, like, who scores, but I think Boston does win tonight, especially because they tied it late. Um, but I do think when it, quote-unquote, goes back to Boston, that uh, Tampa will win.
1: I, I believe, I'll double-check on my phone, but I believe in this game, Nikita Kucherov went down.
2: He got high sticks in front of the net. By Chara, actually. So, I don't know. I, if don't
1: know. I, think, I think the Lightning can end it tonight. I think they've, they've showed that they're one of the better overtime teams. So far in these playoffs, I mean, you the only evidence to show is the five-overtime performance against Columbus. But I'm also, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, they're undefeated in overtime so far, whether it's three or four games that they've had to play extra periods. But it seems like the Lightning just find a way to capitalize when they need to um, after three periods. So I think it ends tonight. Moving on, we got... The other game tonight, which are the Dallas Stars taking on the Colorado Avalanche, or Jeff and I's, uh, our team, the Colorado Avalanche. Um, the Stars have a 3-1 lead, and this has been the most explosive series there is when it comes to goals being scored. Jeff, have you been playing the over on this on this series?
0: Uh, this series has, it should be easy overs. I've been kind of staying away from it just because of how much I like Colorado, Um and they, they haven't looked good for majority of this uh, series. Um, Dallas has done a good job of kind of taking it to them. Uh, last game specifically, they they came out hitting and kind of got in Colorado's face right away. So um, I'm going to say this goes at least one more. I don't know if Colorado is going to come back and win it. Um, but I, I, I would anticipate a magical performance from Nathan McKinnon tonight.
2: Yeah, I definitely did not have the Stars up 3-1 in this series, but uh, I, I think Colorado at least wins one, maybe two more, but I do think the Stars eventually move on.
1: I believe the Stars are going to move on as well just because this is the hottest team in the NHL right now, in my opinion, the Dallas Stars and how they're playing. Now, uh, Even though with as stacked a team that Colorado has been all year long, you just can't stop puck luck either, and I'm not saying that puck luck has been the name of the game for the Stars, but I'm telling you, Game Four against the Flames, when they're able to score within the last minute of two separate periods, including the one to tie it up to send it to overtime, you just get into that rhythm and you get good bounces like that that gets you up to that next level and potentially hoisting the cup. So,
0: uh, breaking think... news on breaking news on the series. Sorry to cut in. Uh Michael Hutchinson is a starting goaltender for Colorado. Um they are not starting Pavel, Pavel um, Francoise.
1: With that with that said, I have the stars winning tonight.
0: <laughs> Did you yeah. just flop your pick just because I, I, I had breaking news?
1: Yes. <laughs> you saved me. Damn it. All right. Next the next series, oh I just wanna go in order as to like when when these teams are playing. Tomorrow night we got the Islanders taking on the Flyers. Islanders with a three-one lead in this series. Um, they shut out the Flyers the first game. Flyers came back the second game. Islanders taking it two of them the next two games. Uh, Zach, who you got?
2: Unreal that the Capitals chose not to bring back Barry Trotz because it is unreal that his system is just. I don't. I don't even know how to define it. They they just dominate without having like a set superstar. It is incredible to watch. Um, that said, I, I do think the Islanders close this one out tomorrow. Uh, I want to give a little stick tap to Oscar Lindbom though, who took warm-ups the other night and could uh, return after battling uh, cancer. So, I mean, you know, I hate the Flyers, but that's, that's awesome. But that said, I have the Islanders winning it tomorrow.
0: Yeah, Islanders are, are going to put those scumbag Flyers out of the playoffs. Um, just to show again, the Flyers are a flop. Giroux hasn't scored a, a goal in 25 playoff playoff games. Um, Voracek, he's a flop. Kevin Hayes, BC kid. I like it, but you wear the orange and white. Get him out of here. Um, Carter Hart, by the way, are we not going to mention he didn't, he didn't start last last night, right?
2: Uh,
0: I, I believe Brian Elliott was in that last night.
2: I think you're right. right? Actually, I remember. seeing So,
0: him. so yet again, yet again. Another attempt by Flyer Nation or whatever the hell they call themselves, where they're like, oh, we got, we got the next Ron Hextall. We're going. Pittsburgh, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. F you. F Carter Hart. No, you're not. You're not close. You're nowhere near close. You, it, until you guys decide to absolutely tank like you're supposed to, you're not going to get close. You're not close to a cup. You never will be. Shut up. And take your medicine. You haven't won a cup since 75. Simple as that. Islanders are winning tomorrow night. Go Isles. And I'll I'll throw a little extra little spice on it, too. Derek Brassard is going to score the winning goal tomorrow night.
2: Damn. (laughs) Damn. How's
0: that for for a little bit of a rant there? Big game brass. (laughs) Big
1: big game brass, huh? He's up. He's not
0: upset. No, excuse me. Sorry. I I went to take a swig of beer, and it went down the wrong pipe because – you know, i get a little worked up here. But uh, Derek Broussard, I think, has games in the, or, goal, or uh, sorry points in the last two games as well, too. So keep an eye on big game brass tomorrow night.
1: I agree with Jeff uh, without having to do the whole rant because he just did it for me. That was great. I really enjoyed it. How great has Varlamov been in, in these playoffs?
0: He can, I know, Grice, like, I I know
1: Grice played like game four, but how great has he been?
0: He's he's looked like he did in the '09 playoffs.
1: Yeah, nearly. when
0: when he was in for the Capitals, I mean, I, I don't know where he he found it. Maybe it's the way that they're playing in front of him, but he looks fantastic.
1: There's a there's a potential chance we get an Islanders Stars series. I don't know how I'll handle
0: that. Oh, as long as long as Tyler Sagan's foot's on the crease, I think we'll be all right.
2: Can you can you imagine <laughs> going with what you? <laughs> Going with what you said, though, like envisioning an Islander star series like nine you months know, ago, eight months ago. like the,
0: the one thing I'll say about the Islanders, and I know everybody like says they play boring hockey. If you watch it, though, like it seems like every game they're kind of turning that dial up just like a little bit more. It's slow, but like they become more and more a little explosive every time you watch a game. So I would be interested. I hope. I, Just because they're in our division, I I wouldn't root for them. I'd root for the Western Conference team. But, um, yeah, as long as they beat Philadelphia, I'll be happy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm cool with that. I think the Islanders ended. um, So we'll move on from there. Last series, Golden Knights have a 3-1 series lead on the Vancouver Canucks. Um, I believe it was game two that the Canucks really handed it to the Golden Knights. It looked like Vegas was just lost in the sauce out there and really didn't even have an answer for how well the Canucks were playing. But the last two games have gone in favor of them. But how about the save by Marc-Andre Fleury the last, the, in game four with that glove hand save against Pedersen?
2: It's incredible that he's been benched pretty much all series and pretty much for the bulk of the playoffs and like you know, comes in like that and just does that. Like That's absolutely insane to me. Do you start him next game? Ah, uh, See, I, I, I love Fleury. But I still don't uh, it's so it's so difficult to say I wouldn't start him, but uh, I still stick with Leonard until he proves he can't do it
1: yeah, I mean when you <laughs> go back to back games, I mean that's part of the reason Flurry went in there, yeah, but it's just you just don't change it just because he got that one win the first time. Leonard's been the dude that's been uh doing I don't know supposedly the work, but until it goes bad, then you ride it with Leonard.
0: Boy, I can't wait to see Alan Walsh's tweet when Robin Leonard starts tomorrow. Yeah,
2: looking forward to a new sword picture in some way, shape, or form. See, no, I don't think it's going to be a sword
0: picture. I think it's going to be like a firing squad in front of him or something.
2: <laughs> Take <laughs> bets on what uh, what Alan Walsh's new... Uh, new what what, hid-
0: what hideous action the Vegas Golden Knights and Pete DeBoer have done to Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Um, yeah it's expected to be Robin Leonard tomorrow. So we'll keep an eye on that. I don't think any of us have made predictions. Uh, Golden Knights are winning this series for as good as the Canucks were in the first round. And, um, as good as they looked in that winning game 2 they're still a very young team. And although the golden Knights only been in existence for three years, what they were able to do to construct the team that they have and make some of the trades later on, especially this year, um, they're just too strong of a team to, uh, Overpower. So I think the Golden Knights ended it in game five.
2: I think the Canucks are good. I think they're probably a year, maybe two away from being one of those elite clubs that you fear and like you know, that will make a deep run. That said, I think Vegas puts it away.
0: I think it'll it'll be a close one, but I think Vegas
2: uh Vegas puts this one away.
1: So Basically, all in agreement, the there. We have a, a Golden Knights and Dallas Stars final, is basically what I'm hearing. Unless, Jeff, you said that the Avalanche were going to win it in a game seven, right?
0: No, I said that they would <laughs> lose in probably six. Come on, uh, Dave. I, I
1: just wanted to see if maybe you would change your mind.
0: I still have my Nathan McKinnon t shirt, too, which I told you guys I was going to buy when uh, Montreal scored the, the first goal of uh, game four. So I do still have that. Are you wearing that tonight? I'm not wearing it tonight. I'm wearing my Rocky Balboa Ivan Drago American Hero t-shirt.
1: Nice. Oh my god, that just sounds amazing.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So.
0: All, while, all while drinking a Ben Franklin inspired beer as well too. So there, I couldn't be more American right now.
1: <laughs> Do we have anything else to add before we wrap up this puppy? I think
2: that was the perfect way to end it right there. Whatever Jeff said about drinking a <laughs> Benjamin Franklin inspired beer. That's all I have. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you can't do better than that um, this has been the icy takes podcast so we didn't go far too far off the rails but if we did you know we hope you enjoyed it with us um, you can like us on facebook at icy takes with zach jeff and big dave follow us on twitter at icy takes i c e y takes all together one word because that's the way we like to spell it follow the personal twitters at big underscore day 52
2: at zach morris 82
0: at j Christ underscore 51
1: like our Lord and Savior, amen. Uh, tune in every week to get the the iciest takes that are known to man. Um, but we'll, we'll see you next week for conference finals, and we'll see how Cabrian Hayes does, and we'll see how many games the Braves are leading their division by next week. So until then, stay icy.